All right, well, we are set up for a very crazy, very weird Sunday night football game this weekend between the Steelers and the Chargers, where we don't even know who's going to play in the game at this point. Big Ben could be playing. TJ Watt could be playing. Joey Bosa could be playing. We don't know, but we have some keys for it either way for the Chargers to pick up a big win in an AFC battle in prime time, and we'll get into our bold and game predictions. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, here with us to discuss a game that is going to be bananas. Like, it's just it's so hard to think of a scenario in which this isn't a closed game, pretty much no matter who is on the field. But I would say if Big Ben isn't on the field, I'd feel a lot better about it. But we all got our start doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for coming into the show today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for making us your first listen, heading into a giant game for the Chargers, trying to avoid the 500 line, right? Six and four sounds a lot better than five and five for the Chargers. And they're going to try to avoid that. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube page and follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. It's always free. But today we have to start as we always do by getting into our keys for success. And it's going to be interesting because we don't know who's going to play in the game. There's so many wild cards for this one. We're going to get into the injury report at the end of the show, too, and just talk about where our faith level is for the Chargers and who's going to play on both sides, even with the Steelers as well, because TJ Watt has not practiced at all this week. Big Ben's still on the COVID list. Drew Tranquil's still on the COVID list. Three-fourths of the Chargers' best defensive tackles might not play in this game, and that's not including Joey Bosa, who's on the COVID list as well. But there are certain things defensively I think that whether or not Big Ben is playing will still be important right to, for the Chargers to go execute to go and win this one because we heard from Chris Carter yesterday the offense doesn't change a ton with Mason Rudolph out there maybe it's a little bit more simplistic it's a little bit different but there's still a lot of things that are very consistent in their offense in games with Mason Rudolph or Big Ben so David, obviously, given the caveat of us not knowing exactly who's going to be in this one, where are you looking first for your first defensive key for success for the Chargers on Sunday? Yeah, with all the uncertainty uh, in this game with guys that we don't know who's going to play, I think it's very important to focus on a guy we know who is definitely going to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is Najee Harris, their rookie running back. He is very heavily used in the rushing game and in the passing game. He has 177 carries and 44 receptions, so they utilize him a lot. He's a big catalyst, 626 rushing yards, and this guy is a load after contact. 475 of his 626 yards have came after contact. That is 76% of his rushing yards, Daniel. So this is a guy who makes his money by running people over and extending and falling forward. So this is it's very, very important that you gang tackle this guy. You can't ankle biter tackle this guy. You have to hit him squarely and get him on the ground because if not, he's going to get extra yards because that's what he does. Yeah, and I mean, the Chargers haven't been a good tackling team. So when you have somebody who breaks as many tackles as Najee Harris, 
you're still put off by it, even though the dude's averaged 3.7 yards per carry. And a lot of that is, you know, an indictment on the offensive line. You know, they've been rolling Trey Turner out there. He was coming back from injury this week. It's really a patchwork group that they have up front after, you know, losing David DeCastro and Mike. Mayer and very young. Fancy. Yeah, I mean, Alejandro Villanueva, as he said yesterday, Chris Carter, probably not a giant loss for them. But either way, it's all new. And with that comes yeah. those, you know, chemistry issues and things like that. And one of the things that the Steelers do to try to remedy that is by using Najee Harris a lot in the passing game and doing what the Chargers have done at times where we're going to throw short passes and that's going to kind of supplement the running game a little bit when we can't get things going. But just in general, whether it's Najee Harris or or not, I mean, both quarterbacks, Big Ben and Mason Rudolph, love to throw it around the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, they're like the number one team in the league of short passes, and that's quick passes to keep Big Ben safe, right? Because his fragile yeah. body, like you don't want that guy taking a lot of hits. Very so old. they're throwing it out there. And so whether it's tackling Najee Harris, John, or just, I mean, tackling in general, it's going to be so important because even on third and longs and stuff like that, I've seen Big Ben all year checking it down and hoping a receiver can get him an extra five yards after the catch, hoping a running back can get him another six yards after the catch. Like the Chargers haven't been good at tackling. This is a week where they're really, really going to need it, especially missing the guys that they're missing. Exactly. It, this The Steelers offense is really meant on getting guys into space because they believe they can shake a tackle and gain extra yards after that. Even if it's a five-yard gain after the break of the tackle, that's a seven-yard completion with a five-yard gain. It's a first down. And that's what the Steelers try to do a lot with these guys. So tackling is going to be huge, especially if it's behind the line of scrimmage. If it's first down and they try running like a swing route or something to a receiver that's behind the line of scrimmage, tackle them and get ahead of the game already. Now if it's second and 12 or something, you're ahead of it. And we've, right. talked to, we've talked about a lot this year about not making it, not allowing teams to have the third and shorts, making them one-dimensional, make it obvious what they're going to do on third down. This is another one of those weeks. Don't make Najee Harris part of the game plan. Make it a pa- all passing, and tackling is how you're going to do that. Yeah. And but I beware mean, of the yeah. slant routes, though. The slant routes, uh, I mean, whoever is play, playing quarterback, but especially Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben used those slant routes to very, very high effectiveness, and you see a lot of yards after the catch in those situations. So especially to Deontay really Johnson. Be, oh, right. you got to be very, very aware of that and know that that's going to be part of the game plan. That's probably who you should really just eliminate from this game. Like, yeah. make somebody other than Deontay Johnson beat you. You're more likely yeah. to tackle all the other guys than you are Deontay Johnson. Well, and I think it's really a dangerous duo. If you do a good job on Najee Harris and you do a good job on Deontay Johnson, I think you live with that game every day of the week and you give yourself a great Absolutely. chance to win. Because Especially if you, if you have let... Michael Davis and Isaiah Adley coming back. Exactly. Well, and like those slant rats, like David's saying, one of the things that we've seen like that, unfortunately in the past with the one safety look, it was killer because if that guy catches that slant, the corner misses the tackle. It's one-on-one with Sean Jenkins on the back end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what we've seen before. Why you got to bring that <laughs> I mean, that just feels <laughs> like the, the moment I've seen the most. Or Jaleel Adai, you know, or whoever it is, lunging. Insert bad tackle. Here. Sure, but that, that's the thing, too. And, like, last week, you know, the goal was always get them into those third and long situations. I mean, there might not be a week, especially given the uncertainty with your pass rushers, right, where you do not want to give them any obvious running situations on third down. You know what I mean? So that is going to be so huge. But I didn't think I would have to tell the Chargers, like, hey, get them in those situations and then, like, actually don't let them convert the third down. I thought just getting them there with, you know, with the league's best you know, defense at getting off the field on third and longs would be enough. But I guess this week I have to say, hey, try to get those negative plays and take advantage of their penalties, right? Because that's one thing the Chargers didn't do last week is when they were penalized. 
they didn't take advantage of it and they would let him gain big gains back by not tackling. The Steelers will take some penalties too. It will derail yeah. some drives. They'll throw some checkdowns to try to get it back. There's been a lot of fly-by tackles by the Chargers defense this year too that have been missed. Derwin James and other guys. What's up? And they're fumble prone too. They're fumble yeah. prone. So take your chances on, especially if Ben Roethlisberger plays. The guy fumbles a lot just on his own. Whether whether you look and see recovered fumble or lost fumble, he fumbles a lot. Yeah, they're as a team. I mean, they're averaging more than one fumble per game. So for the Chargers, awareness, right? Be the team that jumps on the fumble. Always be looking for that loose ball. Always, if you're the defense, look for a chance to get one back, right? Look for a chance to put your offense in good field position. Get a nice return. Set them up nicely, right? I think that's all very important for the Chargers defense. And I think, especially in the interior defensive line, like a key for success has to be some young guys stepping up because it's going to be brutal yeah. if some young guys don't step up on the Chargers interior run defense right now. Because right now, if you subtract Christian Coming and Jerry Tillery, who are on the COVID list, and then you also throw Limbaugh Joseph, who's been to not participate all you know week at practice this week, hasn't been out there once, you're talking about three of your top four interior defensive linemen. That would leave the only other three guys on the roster right now, Joe Gaziano, Justin Jones, who's your grizzled veteran somehow of the group, right? And then Cortez Broughton. I mean, I, Cortez Broughton. Rest, you know, see you later. But Braden Fehoko got activated this week. So those are the three dudes. Like, those are the three active players. Joe Gaziano is not a huge defensive tackle, right? I mean, he's had no. some moments, but very few and far between. Braden Fehoko, super unproven, right? Not tested very much. And then Justin Jones, and you obviously are very glad he's going to be out there this week. But it's just hard to imagine a good defensive performance from the Chargers this week without you know some young guys really stepping out. Well, and they're going to need some pass rush from Justin Jones, too. I mean, Justin Jones was talking about before the season how happy and excited he was that he was going to get more one-on-one -on -one pass rushing opportunities. Well, now it's time to show it. I mean, you're going to be one of those guys in the middle of that defensive line going up against a very inexperienced, very young Steelers offensive line that they need to confuse. They, they really need to throw some games at them. Then they need to throw some stunts there. They need to bring pressure from the linebackers and the safeties. I want to see Derwin James rushing this one. Like they have to get creative because if they're able to do that and make these offensive linemen really think and really have to process on the fly, I think that's going to be the best way to manufacture some pass rush in this game. And I think, I mean, it's not just making the offensive linemen think on the fly. It's making the quarterbacks think on the fly. And especially Absolutely. with the uncertainty of Joey Bosa, you throw them some confusing looks, you know, maybe it forces Big Ben or Mason Rudolph into a really dumb play because I've seen both of them make several of those this year. So that's definitely something that can happen. But I think a lot of the onus in this game goes on the Chargers offense because that's the unit that three out of the past four games we've seen really subpar, disappointing performances from Justin Herbert, Joe Lombardi. In company. So coming up after this, we'll talk about what the Chargers need to do offensively to get a win against a vaunted Steelers defense that's a little bit banged up. But I do tell you, need to tell you guys that all Chargers fans need to be getting this app right now, or they're really doing themselves a disservice. If you guys haven't downloaded the GetUpside app, I don't know what to tell you guys because everyone, for the most part, gets gas, and the gas prices right now are ridiculous. With GetUpside, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All they have to do is download the free GetUpside app at the Google Play Store or the App Store, and you guys can start saving money right now, getting money right back into your bank account. And since you guys listen to us, we can give you a special offer. If you go get the download or go download the app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, you can get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first fill-up. So, I mean, take 50 cents on the number you see at the gas pump. You're going to feel a lot better about it. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of dollars 
you could be saving a month. John uses it all the time. And I just found out today you can use it when you go out to eat and when you do grocery shopping. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can get money back for and a lot of things you can use that on. And there's no catch to it either. Like you can get it straight to your bank account. You can get it through PayPal. You can get it in Amazon and other big brand gift cards. I know the holidays are coming up. You guys need a gift last second. You guys can get a free gift card, right? With all of your savings from it, get upside all that free money you're saving up to 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up with that promo code at touchdown. There's really no downside to get upside guys. So if you don't want to, you know, save money on gas, I don't understand it. So make sure you guys download the free Get Upside app and save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up with the promo code touchdown. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into some offensive keys for success. And the offensive keys are a little bit, I mean, it's just like the defensive keys, really. Like there's just so much uncertainty, right? I mean, we feel good about Minka Fitzpatrick not playing from yeah. Mike Tomlin. Doesn't think he's going to play. And I don't think it's a Joey Bosa situation where he just has to stay, you know, queen for five days without a negative test. Like, they're treating it like he's not going to be out there. And that's a big deal. I mean, no matter what, as far as organization on the back end, even if, you know, his stats haven't lived up to his reputation this year, don't let that fool you. He's still an all-pro player at his best. He's still a guy that keeps them organized on the back end, which allows them to not give up a ton of really big plays. So his absence will be missed. But not nearly as much as the absence of TJ Watt if he's unable to go, because that is, you know, best pass rusher in the league, potentially. Him and Miles Garrett up there probably is 1A and 1B so far this season, maybe even, you know, including last season as well. They've been doing it for a while. But, John, when you're looking at what you need to see from the Chargers offense this week, an offense that's been struggling to put together any kind of consistency, where would you start? Well, I mean, just right there, struggling to put up consistency. I want to see consistent long drives in this game. I want to see... The fact that you're getting 12 plays, seven minutes off the clock, and you're scoring touchdowns in this game, keep your defense fresh. Just because you don't know what's going to happen this week as far as who's going to play. If you keep your defense fresh, especially if it's a bunch of young guys, like you mentioned, if we're missing three of our four starting defensive tackles, then guess what? You're going to have a bunch of young guys that are, haven't been playing a lot this year, probably going to get tired easily. And that means Najee Harris will have an easy time running on you if you're just getting three and outs and giving the Steelers back the ball. Keep them fresh and just move the balls and keep getting the first downs, convert your third downs, create third and short, and you'll you'll literally keep yourself in the game for the end of the for the end. If you're in in the game at the end, I'm gonna trust Justin Herbert going for the game winning touchdown than I am the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph going down for the game winning touchdown in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing about the long drives obviously is it puts more of an onus on the possessions that you do have because. You're shrinking the game, too, when you have these long drives, right? So you need to make sure you're ending those drives and touchdowns, right? And points altogether. You need to get something out of those drives. And I just think that it's tough, but you're going to need at least a couple of them. I mean, I would like to get it a little bit more chunky. I'd rather see, you know, find, find some chunk plays in there, get, you know, Donald Parham involved. And I think that's a dude that I'm looking at this week as someone I would love to see more of because he just every week it's underused. And like, I just don't think, Facts. There is many Reach. better matchups for him than this one, because even though the Steelers did a pretty good job on TJ Hawkinson last week, the two games prior to that against the Bears and the Browns, the Steelers allowed 16 catches for 213 yards against tight ends in those two games. So this is a defense when it wasn't Jared Goff in the last three weeks throwing the football. <laughs> tight ends were used very, very well and absolutely torched this defense. And I was talking about it on Twitter a little bit today. Just the Chargers don't force a lot of missed tackles, especially at wide receiver. Like I can't remember. The last time a wide receiver forced a missed tackle, like 
I it's it's wild. It doesn't happen for the Chargers wide receivers. Donald Parham, I remember specifically several times where he's made a dude miss in the flats. You know, I know I'm saying outside of receivers. I know Austin Eckler makes people miss. But talking specifically (laughs) about wide receivers, not a lot going on there. So I think this is a game where they're tackling has been pretty suspect if you look at the you know running back for detroit last week whose name i'm not going to attempt to pronounce in that game on that long touchdown it seemed like and no one on the steelers wanted to tackle that dude on that play so if you get donald parham's big ass running through that secondary he's gonna be a problem and i think austin eckler is another dude i mean taking off of you know david's what went wrong last week not getting austin eckler involved enough he's a dude that i just think He's one of the guys that you have that if you're going to go short game and do that kind of thing, you need guys who are going to be able to turn short gains into big gains. And right now, Austin Eckler is really one of the only players that you have that can do that. So, David, when you're looking at this game for the Chargers offense, where would you go? Well, you got to take advantage of the fact that the Steelers are going Steelers and the Steelers secondary very specifically could be very, very underhanded in this game. They could be obviously Patrick. We Yeah, shorthanded. They're 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 going to be missing some people. they're very tricky ah <laughs> yes softball yes, those tricky <laughs> bastards but hey joe hayden very strong possibility that he's not going to play in in this game mika fitzpatrick, fitzpatrick is going to miss this game we already know that so take some deep shots the chargers have not done that enough they need to, like you said get those chunk plays justin herbert is very very good in those situations 14 to 29 481 yards Four touchdowns. According to PFF, he has the highest passer rating in the NFL on throws 20-plus yards, 134.0 passer rating. Just let him throw the ball. Do it more. Give them more opportunities. Call more deep shots. It's got to happen in this game because it's been something that's been sorely missing from this offense. And you, I understand you want to you know, have a high completion situation you want to get the ball out and you want to protect the quarterback but you have to get some big plays and if you don't call these deep shots it's just not going to happen the short plays are not going to happen if there's not the threat of the deep play basically and yeah if you ever have if you if you're justin herbert and you're looking over and you see that there's single coverage and you have a chance i'm taking a couple of steps and i'm heaving that thing to mike williams or keenan allen whoever's there i'm taking my chance because more than likely it's going to be a pass interference or a catch worst case scenario it maybe gets overthrown Worst case scenario, it's an interception. I but doubt it. I, he, I he, mean, never, he rarely th- underthrows. I understand, but you, like you said worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is always an interception. It's definitely most not. <laughs> in, most of Justin Herbert's interceptions are short. Well. Short I mean, routes are like thrown behind or something like that, or he really a deep throw. I understand, but the worst case scenario always has to be the worst thing that can happen, which in that case is an interception. I mean, whether you think he's going to do it or not, but the worst case scenario is you throw an interception, obviously, which is what you don't want. But I do think that if you have Mike Williams one-on-one, you need to just give him more chances to beat people. And it doesn't even have to be jump balls necessarily. It's the back shoulder throws. It's the tight window throws on in-breaking routes he's been good with. And the middle of the Steelers' defense has been a little bit soft at times so far this year. It's definitely a place you can attack them. And I think, you know, if you get in the red zone, give Mike Williams a couple shots to get into the end zone. Because I think that might be yeah. able to kickstart him a little bit. And the Steelers have given up 10 touchdowns, you know, more than a touchdown a game to receivers as far as getting into the end zone. So I think one of the things that helps you vertically, because I do think you guys, I mean, obviously, 
you want to take more deep shots. Teams are going out there with the main focus of we're not going to let you have deep shots, right? right? But it seems like the times they have been drawing it up, they're just not executing it. It's a Justin Herbert stumble, right? It's other, you know, little things going on, or you're just not getting to the other side of the field, which is like the sweet spot to take those shots because the Chargers drives yeah. are stalling so quickly. Primarily, you want to take those shots around midfield where you still have some field to work with and they're still right. trying to, you know, kind of shrink down on you. That's where you have kind of the best place to take that deep shot. And the Chargers have been going three and out way too often to kind of get themselves in a rhythm to set something up deep. I just think that for the Chargers, one thing that they can do, which they did really well last week, is work horizontally first, then you can attack the deep stuff. Because I think if they can get out moving like they did last week to open up the second half, then you get guys running sideways, opens up things in the running game, and it op also opens up things further down the field because you have guys trying to get up to places, run all the way across the field to get to places, and then you hit them with something over the top. But I think the deep shots have to be a part of it because I just don't think this is the team that needs to go 14 plays, 80 yards. Like, obviously, the running game is going good. That's nice. But I just don't trust them not to drop a ball somewhere in the middle of that, right, for them not to get a penalty if they're going 14 plays. Just more plays for bad things to happen for you as well or for one play to derail things as far as I'm concerned because you're facing more third downs if you're having that many plays on a drive and so on and so forth. I mean, avoiding third downs at all costs is probably what they should try to be doing. But either way, I mean, it'd be nice to get the running game going as well. It's another yes, team that please run the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not a super imposing front against the run so far this season. And that doesn't no, mean the Chargers will run plus. For sure, but it doesn't, and like, and the Eagles had bad numbers going into it. Like every, you know, it's happened many times for the Chargers to just not go in and do it. Last week they had a really, really juicy rushing matchup, and they didn't look good at all. So that would be nice because it would really help out Herbert. And like, that's the one thing that people aren't talking about enough is like, if you look at the three of the last four games when they've lost, has the running game been good in any of them? Negative. But I mean, uh, Justin no. Herbert's the one taking the heat for it. That's for sure. So I just think but also, that's hey, real quick before we end this segment, we we have to say this: protect the ball. Do not throw an interception. The Chargers are four and zero when Justin Herbert does not throw an interception. So just keep possession of the ball, safe throws. Do not turn the ball over. If you do you that, can't have it both ways. Recipe. You can't have them going deep and safe throws. I mean. You got to pick one. You got to either be willing to risk it to get the biscuit. I don't, mean, I just, you said both. Turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'll just never forget when Booger uh, from ESPN said that Calvin Benjamin was one Popeye's biscuit away from a tight end. And that, <laughs> that's just one of the best lines I've ever heard on any kind of video platform or any kind good. of sports yeah. content of any oh, kind. It's like, I mean, that was just hilarious. But the Chargers offense needs to get back on track in this one. And, with the pieces yeah. we kind of expecting the Steelers to miss. Because that's the other thing, too. You can't take the deep shots unless you feel good about your right tackle situation. You feel a lot yeah. less good about that. If TJ Watt is lining up for Storm Norton, not a lot 100%. of deep shots are going to happen if you have those right. two guys because you're just not going to be able to get far enough in your drop unless you're, you know, sending Rolling three out. guys on him. Literally, like, maybe three guys on TJ Watt. Maybe then you could drop a shot. But Give him the boost of treatment, right? I mean, that's what yeah. they do to Joey. Right now, if TJ Watt can't play, it lets you – be more singularly focused on Cam Hayward, who is a stud, right? And that yeah. if you can just focus on that. Yeah, but I like, bad passes I like the I mean, Chargers, you know, interior offensive line against Hayward more than I like the matchup of TJ Watt against Storm Norton, right? I mean, Absolutely. that's obviously 
the the worst case scenario. Can we also get first. like our other someone involved other than a Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Like, can we see more Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer. in the offense? Can we see absolutely? More Palmer? Yes, you know I'd love to see more Josh Palmer. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I'd love to see more. I mean, in like we're seeing more of it. Last week is the first week where him and Jalen Guyton had the same amount of snaps. What did Jalen Guyton do with it? One drop. What did Josh Palmer do with it? Three receptions, Catching a big first down. Yeah. I mean, make, he's make obviously him a part of the him. offense. Make him an actual yeah. part of it. Make him like even like on the first play, like set up a play to him, get him going. Yeah, I mean, and they tried to go to him right away on third down in that last game, right? And it was like the miscommunication, Justin Herbert yelling something, bad throw, whatever ended up happening there. But Justin Herbert also has to be good too, right? I mean, well, part yeah. of being a quarterback, and this is an unfair thing to put on a second-year quarterback, but great quarterbacks make the players around them better. His guys haven't been coming through for him, right? But that's one thing we always said about Philip Rivers is he made it work with some really bad players, you know, some Legadoo Nanes and some Seiyi Azura Tutus along the way and some Brandon Maliali Unas, right? So, like, Justin Herbert has to go out there in prime time and play well and be the special quarterback that we know he can be and elevate the team around him. If the guys are dropping passes, now I'm running it, right? Like, he just yeah. as much as he hasn't been helped out, he has to be on this week against the defense where he should be able to. So. That's He'll be exciting. the superstar that you are. Yeah, exactly. But we do have one more segment to get into because John's probably going to say something crazy about his bold prediction. And he's going to give us the all-time series notes on Steelers, Chargers. And all I'll say is thank God this game is not at Heinz Field. So we'll get into all of our bold in-game predictions coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And you know what I'm talking about, Bill Bars. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Bilt Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar, and when you look at what Bilt Bars bring to the table, you're getting a lot more out of it than you would a candy bar because it's low sugar, low in carbs, high in protein, high in fiber, so you can eat something that fits on your diet while also feel like you're having something that really tastes good, too, because for me, I've always said to you guys, if it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it, so... Well, it's all bonus, the fact that you can get such great flavors like a peanut butter brownie, a cookies and cream. Right now, they're putting out limited time flavors every three or four days. And that Bilt Bar might save you on a couple of pieces of pumpkin pie for the holiday season. So it definitely can work out there as well because I can promise you it's a lot less calories in a Bilt Bar than a pumpkin pie. But you guys can even save some money on Bilt Bars right now because if you go to Bilt.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back in better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season, but it doesn't stop there. You can go basketball, football, baseball, post or baseball when it comes back, NHL, boxing, and UFC is something that I always love to bet on because you're betting on that one-punch knockout, you might make it big, right? And... I always love to do parlays and stuff, too. You're always going to get really good odds on that. You pick a couple of teams. If you hit it, you're winning it big. And you can even get some free money to do that with because if you guys go to the updated desktop or the mobile website to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to play with. You guys can hit it big, and you can even make your own player props, which is something I haven't seen on any other betting website. Bet online is the number one place to go. Even if you want to just get your favorite Vegas casino games, go to Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, guys. Well, we enter this segment telling you thank you. 
for making us your first listen today. We very much appreciate you guys. We know there's a lot of great content. And if I know you guys are probably other sports fans as well. So if you're a Laker fan, make sure to go check out the Lockdown Lakers podcast. If you're a Padres fan, make sure to go check out the Lockdown Padres podcast. If you like the Dodgers, there's a Lockdown Dodgers podcast as well. But make them your second <laughs> listen, right? As long as we're your first listen, that's cool. You can go listen to other Lockdown shows. I mean, I prefer you just not listen to any other podcast or watch any other YouTube than just this show on repeat and subscribe and unsubscribe and subscribe again. But, you know, if you find some extra time, you like some other teams, check out what the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network has to offer. So now it's time to get into our bold predictions here, guys. And I think there's a couple of matchups that we're going to get into. But first, we have to start with the injury notes because injuries are going to play a factor in this game. And I think right now, recording this on a Thursday night, as we are, right, there's certain things that are definitely uncertain at this point, I would say. But we do have a better idea than we had earlier on in the week, right? Especially about some Chargers players because the Chargers are going to get some good news this week, John, because it looks like Michael Davis should be back in the fold, right? Which is huge. And also Nazir Adderley. And that is going to make a big difference in this game. It's going to make a huge difference in this game. You saw what happened just when you only had Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. You were, you were getting beat left and right. Now if you have Michael Davis in the game to take care of someone like a Deontay Johnson, little speedster. If you got Asante Samuel Jr. to take care of their second best receiver, whoever they put out there, whether it's Chase Claypool or not, and then you have two safeties that can fly around the field, a Derwin James and a Zier Adderley, you've you got a full package right there. You could take care of whatever you need to. If you feel like you're not making tackles, Derwin James and Zier Adderley can come up and make those tackles for you. Absolutely. I mean, and they just also keep everything contained on the back end, right? It keeps everything lined up. They know where everyone needs to be. We saw some obvious confusion from the Chargers secondary, especially on a lot of those long conversions. One guy expects another guy to be somewhere where they're not. That's how those things happen. And <laughs> whether Harris. or not, you know, well, and the thing is, too, I mean, it's not even just Chris Harris, right? It's Trey Marshall who yeah. he's yelling at. It's the other guys. It's Alohi Gilman getting to the yeah. wrong spots at the wrong time and missing tackles. Like, there's a lot of things that, you know, I think fall between the cracks when you're missing guys like Nazir Adderley and Michael Davis, but they absolutely missed him. And, the games we've seen without Nazir Adderley this year, I mean, say what you want about dropped interceptions, whatever. Yeah, Look they've at been the brutal. games they haven't had him, right? Baltimore yeah. was a game they didn't have him. Dropped last interception week was means game. he's there. Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously you'd like to, you know, maybe catch one, Nazir. Maybe, you Please. know, maybe, maybe bring yeah. one down so people can stop yelling at you. But he's been so much improved this year. Like, he has oh played so much better. He's played more In physical. every avenue. Yeah. Yeah, physicality, yeah. tackling. Coverage. He's just where, where he needs to be. I mean, right. he gets to play next to Derwin James, which we've been waiting to see. Sure. And by all accounts, like, it is what we thought it was going to be. The byproduct yeah. of not having Anthony Lynn as your head coach and keeping him on the sidelines constantly. Right. So, I mean, I think Nazir Adderley, obviously, and, you know, the team not misdiagnosing injuries under a different regime as well would probably <laughs> help a little bit. But those are the good news, right? The bad news is Limbaugh Joseph hasn't practiced all week. Trey Marshall, who made some nice special teams plays last week, He's looking like he's going to be out. And obviously, it's nice to have Nazir Adderley back kind of mitigates that a little bit. But you also have Mark Webb Jr. out, too, who's another special teams guy, another safety that plays for you when you need him. And you also have Aloe Gilman out. So the Chargers are super thin at safety. I'd like to see them now with this specifically go more Chris Harris Jr. potentially back there if you're going to have to put him somewhere and put you know other guys up closer because I'd rather have him back there where he's not getting beat on a bunch of short stuff and keeping everything in front of him um, as opposed to, you know, it not being able to use Derwin James the way you want to, because obviously it's Derwin James and Nazir Adderley, the main two guys. 
But either way, you're very, very thin at safety. That means other guys are going to have to step up and be there on special teams as well to fill in for those guys. I mean, it means a lot. But on I the Steelers like side of things. I feel like this injury report is just like a, a CVS receipt, man. It's ridiculous. It is. It's super long. I think I mentioned all the people that haven't <laughs> practiced for the Chargers. Steven Anderson looks good. Justin Herbert got put on there with an oblique. Limbaugh Joseph's shoulder, and he hasn't practiced. Hey, Justin Jackson, Brown. though. Justin, Justin Jackson, Jackson, yeah. Back. That's a good, back, yeah. Yeah, and like, say what you will about Justin Jackson. Clear in a way, the Chargers' best running back outside of Austin Eckler at this point, right? Absolutely. I mean, he's the only guy that you can think of positive moments this season, right? Meaningful moments. I mean, I liked Larry Roundtree's celebration on the one-yard touchdown last week, but as far Definitely. as being that second running back and being a change of pace back, that's exactly what Justin Jackson is. He's a change of pace. Yeah. He's a different kind of runner. He brings a different skill set to the table, and it still can be dangerous, as we saw by his 75-yard run. On the Steelers' yeah. side of things, no TJ Wan all week. Trey Turner looks like he's coming back for them, but I know when I noticed when Christopher uh, Chris Carter was talking about him yesterday, he said he's been a good leader for this team. He didn't say he's been a good offensive lineman. For Nothing this team, about his so. play. Yeah, right. Uh, Kevin Dotson, another one of their starting offensive linemen, looks like he's not playing. Joe Hayden, as David mentioned, and that's not to mention Ben Roethlisberger on the COVID list. Right. It's not to mention Minka Fitzpatrick on the COVID list. In the Chargers side of things, I mean. Joey Bo said, I still I think he's gonna play. I'm gonna say that. I do here. too. Um, I think by now we would have heard if he had popped up with a positive COVID test from being a close contact with Jerry. And Curry, you know they're I mean, stacking him away away from every single other human he being. He better be on in Earth. the Superman's you know, <laughs> fortress of solitude. Like that dude like, better be seriously. So like, like he better be in Antarctica. Like, he's in a basement. Yeah, lock, lock and key, security guards, the whole nine, the US it's, military. Don't let anybody get anywhere close to Joey Bosa until Sunday night. He's just He's stuck in his basement, game. living his best life with no one around him until they're like, hey, just it's game time. Anime, you tested negative. Let's go. Watching Attack <laughs> wow. on Titan the whole time. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's going to play. I'm much less confident in Jerry Tillery and Christian Covington. I'm assuming both of those guys are going out going into this one. I agree with him. But I think for Drew Tranquil, that's the sketchy one because it's been over a week now. He could easily come back, just like Big Ben could easily come back. They can come back at any time, and you feel good. They'll probably play in that game. Special teams-wise, the Chargers need Drew Tranquil badly. Lot linebacker with the defensive tackle health right now. You need him there as well. That'll be a big factor. But we are going super long. We have to get into our bold prediction. So let's keep it tight here. David, I'll go with the less crazy bold prediction first. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Justin Jackson. I mean, Justin Jackson had one of the best games of his career against the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time. I am calling for that to happen again. I think he's going to have a big game against the Steelers. I'm going to go with 120 all-purpose yards rushing and receiving and two touchdowns for Justin Jackson. Not a chance. John, go ahead. I'm going to go, the Chargers are going to hold Najee Harris to under 50 yards rushing in this game. John, I care about you and you're my friend, so I'm going to tell you, don't do it. Nothing can come right <laughs> if you tell some team not to rush. I mean, they're gonna have, he's going to have 150 yards in the first half now, just because you said that. I wanted to go defense just because I think the Chargers defense has the better matchup. Um, but given the injuries, if it's no Joe Hayden, if it's no Minka Fitzpatrick, if it's no TJ Watt, that's three of the best players right there easily. I mean, that might be, you know, Cam Hayward is up there, you know, top three players. Oh, he's really sure. good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, those dudes are about as important to them as it gets. 
I kind of want to go with Keenan Allen, though, because he had 14 catches on 19 targets the last time these two teams played, or in 2018 when these two teams played. The last time the Chargers won a game, he had, you know, absolutely went off in that game, had the juggling touchdown, the bounced off two Steelers, right? Had a ridiculous game. Uh, I'm going to say Keenan Allen and Donald Parham, right? Combined for 185 yards and two touchdowns in this one, which Donald Parham, as much as I love him, gets like one catch per game. So that's what makes it so bold. It's, Anyways, it's probably production, be like baby. Seems like the Kobe Bryant, Luke Walton stat where yeah. they combine for 82 points, but it's 81 from Kobe and one right. from Luke. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to need to But if it was like like six catches from Donald Parham for like 110 now, and it was just like a really regular. That would be wild. Game. Anyways, let's figure out how this game stacks up historically. John Kegley, our one and only king of the historical figures. Tell us what we need to know about this matchup between the Chargers and the Steelers all time. Well, all time, it is not that good. The Steelers lead it 24 to 10. But you should be grateful that it is not in Pittsburgh because all time the Chargers are 4 and 15 in Pittsburgh with two of those wins being in the playoffs and two of those being the regular season, the past two regular season matchups in Pittsburgh. So... If you go to the Chargers home games, it's the Steelers still lead it, but it's only nine to six. You have a better chance. You have a better chance this week to beat the Steelers because just because it's at home alone. So you're gonna pick the Chargers to win? Who you got? Uh despite this game having a CVS receipt worth of injuries, I think the Chargers probably will pull this one off just because I don't think the Steelers defense with all the injuries they have is gonna be able to match up pretty well. And I think we'll move the ball very well. But I think we're going to struggle with ourselves as well. So I don't think we're going to be able, I don't think we'll be able to run away with the game. Pull so away it's, going to be, with it. yeah. it's still going to be close. I'll give it chargers 27 Steelers 23. I mean, the Chargers have only won, you know, a non one score game once this year. And it was 28, 14 against the Raiders. So thinking of them pulling away is something we do not think about happening very often. If it's Mason Rudolph, I think the Chargers could win by two scores. Yeah, I can't assume it's going to be Mason Rudolph at this point. So before I let all the fans down, David, tell us who you think is going to win this game. You Homer. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, actually, I really don't feel good about this game because of all the uncertainty that we you? really just don't know about. I mean, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, who's going to play quarterback? It, it's it's very concerning for me. But you're still going to pick the Chargers. I actually am not going to pick the Chargers in this game. Yeah, I, I really? think the Steelers are going. Yeah, I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty out there. The Chargers aren't playing. What if their it's best Mason football. Rudolph? If it's Mason Rudolph, definitely I'm picking the Chargers okay. to win, hundred percent. So we're assuming but Big I, Ben I, in this scenario. Okay. Yeah, there's just too many variables I don't know about. So for that reason, I do think it's going to be close, but uh, I think it's going to be 24-21 Steelers. I mean, if the pessimist is the only one, you know. Going with the Chargers in this one, that would be uh, something to see, I would say. But I picked the Chargers to lose the last two weeks. I tried to reverse jinx them into a win last week. Didn't work the second time around. I mean, I haven't felt good about any game, right? And this one isn't going to make my life any easier because I felt like the Vikings were a bad matchup. I knew the Eagles were going to play them tough. The Patriots always suck to play against. The Ravens suck to play against. Like, it's just been a slate of really bad games for the Chargers and what, you know, they do well and what they've not done well against. This is another game where I think they match up better. It's not a dominant run front, even with the Chargers, bad defensive linemen potentially, right? Their best guys being out and their best guys were the worst run defense in the league for a lot of the season so far. 
But I just have to think that it's not going to be four out of five games being bad for Justin Herbert. I have to think that he's going to bounce back. I have to think that he's going to look more like we saw him look last season. And I think there's going to be that, you know, F that we're coming for you, you know, whatever Brandon Staley said. I think you're going to see a little bit. You're going to see a little bit of that this week. I think you're going to see some urgency for the Chargers. So I have the Chargers getting a win, which I didn't think I would say. And I haven't been doing lately because they've had to prove a lot to me and I haven't really proved anything. I don't think they're losing four out of five games. I think we're going to see more urgency for this team. I think you're going to see them take more chances, more fourth down attempts. I would hope get back to being aggressive. Please. The last key for success that you get before we head into the weekend, but primetime football chargers Steelers. It's going to be absolutely nuts. I mean, it's just going to be a bananas game. It always happens to be whether it's Michael Vick or Duck Hodges or big Ben or Mason Rudolph, potentially like it hasn't ever mattered. And it's always come down. So- to the end recently. What's the score? For me, I think it's 24 to 20. I think it's still Chargers don't live up to what I need from them offensively, but I still think they do a good job. And like, that's assuming Big Ben's going to play. I mean, if it's Mason Rudolph, I would think it's probably more like 27 to 30 to 14 to 17. Somewhere more in that range. I think you would put them in a really bad spot. I think you'd give the Chargers offense a really good scoring chance that probably tacks onto their total. Uh, but yeah, I think 24, 20, given the uncertainty, keeping it close. I think I kind of have to for this one, but I'm excited and nervous, you know, of course, like it's the charge aren't going to make it easy for us, but enjoy your long, you know, Sunday of having to wait in anticipation. The great news is the chargers cannot ruin most of your Sunday. Like they can only <laughs> at maximum, you know, 5 PM Pacific time and later is really, and really like more like 11 Eastern eight Pacific time. That's really from then on, they can ruin that part of it, but you'll be way closer to going to sleep. You can drink way more to put yourself out if you have to, because like you might not have things to do the rest of the day after the game, but I'm super excited for it. And like the Chargers have a good chance to, you know, prove they're in the AFC again. And they've had a lot of chances to prove they're one of the better teams in the AFC. We've seen them look like it at times. We've seen them look like they're not at times. So hopefully the COVID guys can come back and that would be a huge boost for the Chargers. And hopefully they get some good news on the other side from the Steelers too, because that could really, really impact this game. But I'm excited to watch it. We will be back with you guys on Monday with our reactions to the game. Hopefully we're talking about a big victory brisket Monday for you guys. I mean, I haven't smelled the victory brisket in in ages. It seems like it's been forever. I mean, they haven't won at home and, God hey, knows when. So you got to smell the the brisket cheesesteak, bro. That was the best one. <laughs> the brisket cheesecake. I mean, cheesecake. Brisket cheesesteak. I would eat brisket cheesecake too. Brisket, whatever. <laughs> Brisket's great. But yeah, I mean, it's been too long. We will be back here for a big time reaction show for you guys. Pretty much right after the game, we'll be recording it. We'll be getting out to you guys ASAP after the game. If you guys want to call in with your reactions to the game, we do have a locked on Chargers voicemail line at three two three five two four seven nine two four. But to make sure you guys don't miss our reaction show to that. Make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure to head to the bottom and hit that subscribe button for us. And if you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, make sure you do because I make a lot of faces during the show that you guys have been missing out on, quite frankly. So check us out there. And you can also find us all on social media as well. You can find all of our Twitter handles in the bio on Twitter at LockedOnLAC for the show's page. You can also find the show on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But I'm fired up for the game. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. So hopefully we're back here with you guys for a victory Monday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.